0: We are nearing the end of what I'll call the first season of the Kriya Yoga Podcast. It's hard to believe it's been four years since this project began. I'll be taking a break from the Kriya Yoga Podcast for a while to focus on some important projects that have been in the works for several years and need some focused attention. But we will continue to have our monthly lessons and monthly online gatherings for Kriya Yoga Apprenticeship students and Kriya Yoga Online Patreon members. So I'd like to thank all of the members of our Patreon community and the Cree Yoga Apprenticeship students who have made these recordings available through their support and donations. I'm grateful to see the importance you have put on your spiritual path and your generosity to allow others to learn and grow with you. If you are new to this podcast, please review the hundred or so past episodes that are available to you. It has been my mission, with this podcast, to share a holistic vision of Kriya Yoga. If you have enjoyed and benefited from this podcast, consider becoming a supporting member. It is through the donations and support of Kriya Yogis like you that have made these podcasts, classes, Kriya Yoga online YouTube videos, and books possible. You can find a link to our Patreon site in the description below. The following is a recording from our April 2023 Kriya Yoga Sunday service. The topic discussed is the power of spiritual friendship. There's a a city in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, which a lot of people don't pay a whole lot of attention to, but I think is probably one of the most profound cities within that text. And essentially what it says is, by contemplation on friendship, one gains spiritual strength. So by contemplation on friendship, one gains spiritual strength. And this led me down the whole rabbit hole of research. Um, So we're going to be talking about that city. We're going to be looking at some ideas from Mr. Davis's uh, text, The Eternal Way, his commentary on the Bhagavad Gita. And then we're going to bring it together with Sri Yukteswar's Holy Science. So let's start with this idea from the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, where it states that by contemplation on friendship, one gains spiritual strength. Now, this is an actually uh, very deep and profound statement. And many people take it to mean we need to focus on friendship as it relates to people. And that absolutely makes sense. You know, numerous traditions talk about recognizing the oneness between all of us, taking care of each other and so on to the best of our ability, without getting locked all over, of course. Um, but there is this idea of friendship. And friendship, in this context from the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, has a much deeper uh, connotation than simply uh, making friends with the people around you. We have to remember that God is everything. Consciousness is everything. I think we forget this a little too often. Every experience, every change in the world, every rise and fall on the the ocean of life, that this is an expression of the infinite divine. And when we begin to practice friendship, that doesn't just mean friendship for other people. That means friendship for creatures. That means friendship towards the changes within our lives. Friendship towards the good and the bad. Friendship towards everything. And this is what separates, in my opinion, this is what separates the people who make um, rapid spiritual progress from those who just simply spend their time engaged in meditation. Meditation is wonderful. It's a fantastic training tool, but it has to be supported by how we live our lives and the wisdom that we express, how we see the world, how we interact with the world. And when you approach life from a place of friendship, well, then you don't have any enemies. When difficulties arise you can look at them and you can turn them into an enemy and you can cause more stress for yourself and you can cause more division and say there is a there's a difficulty here but I don't want that let's push it away or that is a bad thing or you can look at it and you can ask yourself you know what is this challenge? What is this challenge to help me grow? And sometimes uh, the challenge is to help you grow internally, to help you practice non-attachment, to help you practice inner spiritual freedom. And if you can look at everything that comes into your life in that way, you are practicing friendship. And then what happens is you begin to experience real spiritual strength. And what is real spiritual strength? Real, real spiritual strength is the ability to observe and interact with the phenomena of the world uh, without being in, internally devastated by what you see. Spiritual strength is the ability to recognize that that which comes into existence is going to go away, and it 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 gives you the ability or at least it encourages you and inspires you to then look within and figure out what is the aspect of myself which is changeless, timeless, eternal. So by, by focusing on friendship to the experiences of your life, now again, please keep in mind I'm not saying that you allow neighbors to take advantage of you, people to walk all over you. You can deal with those people in a friendly manner, or at least without animosity, knowing that everyone's at a different point and stage in their life. And sometimes you do have to put someone in prison to keep themselves from hurting uh, others or themselves. But if you're doing it out of a place of uh, love and greater awareness, that's just what has to happen sometimes. So we don't want to confuse this idea of spiritual friendship with just letting ourselves get walked all over. And I'm not going to harp on that anymore. I think you get that idea. But when you when you start to develop this spiritual strength, what do you have to do then? Then you have to actually engage in Kriya Yoga, which is figuring out what are you that is eternal? What what are you, what is the seer that abides forever, all the time, throughout every circumstance, every situation. And this takes us to the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali with the definition of, of yoga being the ending of the fluctuations and changes in consciousness. And when that happens, then the seer abides in the seer's own nature. Otherwise, there's conformity to definitions. So essentially, what we're seeing here is that by practicing that, that soul power, it's a soul power because The soul powers are, are are, it's the ability for you to make a choice. You are a conscious being. So the power of the soul is to choose something, to choose a perspective, to choose a higher way. So by engaging the soul power, you are making friends with situations, with experiences and so on. That will drive you within. And that will take me to uh, the Bhagavad Gita here. So in Mr. Davis's commentary on the Bhagavad Gita, um, this is on page 202 to 203, chapter 12, The Yoga of Devotion. And I want to look at um, verses 13 through 16. Verse 13 through 16. That practitioner of yoga, who has no ill will toward anyone, who is friendly and compassionate, free from attachment to possessions, free from arrogance, indifferent to both unpleasant and pleasurable experience and patient, who is always contented and even-minded, who is self-controlled, has firm conviction, whose mind and intellect is fixed on me, and who is devoted to me, is dear to me. We remember that this is a conversation between Krishna, Supreme Infinite Consciousness, the Divine, and Arjuna, which represents each of us, the, the spiritual aspirant, the yogi. That one who neither causes distress nor is distressed by others who is free from attachment to pleasure, impatience, fear, and agitation, is dear to me. That one who is free from cravings and anxiety, who is pure, capable, impartial, and who, having renounced all self-serving motives, is devoted to me, is dear to me. Now, Roy makes a distinction here um, in the commentary. He says the term dear to me, is not meant to imply that God can be influenced by our actions, only that our right actions can result in increased awareness of God. At such moments, it seems to us that God is caring, supportive, and altogether good. So, We we want to be clear that when we read this dear to me, But this is not to imply that God can be influenced. It's just simply that by engaging in these practices, we naturally step into uh, a clearer state of awareness. And therefore, we experience that sense of support, spiritual support, from our yoga practice. Now, I chose these, these verses because they just reaffirm this idea of... By contemplation on friendship, one develops spiritual strength. Krishna says to Arjuna that the practitioner of yoga who has no ill will towards anyone who is friendly and compassionate, free from attachments, free from arrogance, that this person, this yogi, is dear to Krishna, or God, the infinite consciousness. The one who is always contented and even-minded, who is self-controlled, whose mind and intellect is fixed on me, and who is devoted to me, is dear to me. Now, when we practice Kriya Yoga, again, what many people do is they might read the Bhagavad Gita, which is wonderful. They might do their best to practice their pranayama and their mantra, and their asana practice. But then life happens, and they experience um, difficulties, or um, they come up against people who don't share the same idea as them, and they get uncomfortable, they get agitated, they get frustrated, they wonder why can this happen? Well, in this text it's pointing out that what we have to do is be very aware during those moments in our daily life where we are not even-minded where we are not self-controlled, where we are feeling like a small, limited being, and therefore we want to change or lash out at others. And we need to reflect upon how can we generate a sense of friendship? How can we generate a sense of greater understanding about the situations that we're in? So that is also your Kriya Yoga practice, and that's hard to do. That's not an easy thing. That is challenging because it, it, it confronts, it confronts this, uh, this limited personality and essentially says to it, um, you know, you're really not that important. What's important is to experience friendship with the wholeness of life, to experience friendship with your experience. And again, that might mean that you have to take some actions which you, you don't want to. Um, but by doing so, you are creating greater spiritual strength. You are creating greater spiritual resilience within your life. Now, this rolls over to Sri Yukteswar's description of Kriya Yoga in his book, The Holy Science. In Chapter 3 of The Holy Science, um, Sri Yukteswar describes the procedure so he's telling, he's telling us what is the procedure of Kriya Yoga so that we can experience Kaivalya, Kaivalya, liberation, spiritual freedom. That's what the holy science is all about. That's why the original title was um, Kaivalya Darshanam, which means a vision or experience of freedom. So he describes it here, the beginning of chapter 3, the procedure. Yajna, sacrifice penance, tapas, deep study, svadhyaya, and the practice of meditation on Om. that these are the ways to experience freedom. And he describes what tapas is. Tapas. Now, um, those of you who are our Patreon members, hopefully, or maybe you will soon, uh, you watched the uh, latest video that I, I put up, um, class four of the introduction to Kriya Yoga, and I, I talk about this idea of tapas. And just to review, in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, Kriya Yoga is described as um, tapas or intensity in spiritual practice, svadhyaya, self-study, and ishvara pranidhana or surrender to the infinite, surrender to the infinite intelligence of life. Now, here, Sri Yukteswar tells us what tapas is, what this intensity in spiritual practice is. And I'm going to read it to you. Penance, or tapas, is patience or even-mindedness in all conditions, equanimity amidst the essential dualities of maya, cold and heat, pleasure and pain. So tapas is patience and even-mindedness in all conditions, equanimity amidst the essential dualities of maya, cold and heat and pain and pleasure and so on. And um, I don't have it marked here. Let me see if I can find it. Essentially, um, what Sri tells us is that what tapas does what this this practice of patience and even mindedness does is it purifies our mind our emotions our astral body our causal body it purifies our body so many times we think of of purification of the body as well, let's just fast until we can't fast anymore or let's uh do this or do that, or let's do so much pranayama that we we sweat profusely. Oftentimes we think of purification of the body in these kinds of extreme outward activities. And that makes sense. Uh, religions and spiritual practices have been doing that for a couple hundred years, you know, with the mortification of the body and so on. Um, but what Sri tells us is that the purification of our body, and he's not just talking about our physical body, he's talking about our whole body, you know, the energetic aspect of our body, the emotional aspect of our body, the psychological aspect of our body, that that occurs through patience and even-mindedness. How many of you wanted to hear that this morning? <laughs> um, but it's important to recognize, to really engage our Kriya Yoga practice, we have to meditate, certainly we have to physically take care of our bodies but in order to gain spiritual strength in order to purify our our energetic body we have to learn to mm, what's the word comfortably and joyously abide in a state of even-mindedness and equanimity and how do you do that well you just begin Reflecting upon those situations in your life where you feel internally troubled. And then you begin to contemplate, well, is there, what can you do about it? Is there something you can do about it? And if there is, you do it. And if there isn't, then you meditate on how can you let go of your attachment to that. And this brings us to the idea of svadhyaya, the other one of the three pillars of Kriya Yoga, which is self-study. When you are troubled by something, or you have a repetitious pattern of anxiety about that, or anger about that, or attachment to that, the way you practice svadhyaya, self-study, is to look at it and say, okay, this is a pattern in my life, which means that it is a, a program in your energetic body, in your astral body, your psychological body, your emotional body. If it happens again and again and again, and, but it doesn't happen to your neighbors or it doesn't happen to anyone else that you know that often. You know that it is a like a, a program within your energetic system. And so you have to ask yourself, what do I need to do to resolve that? Maybe you need to take action. Maybe you need to make, make peace with a, with a situation, something that you can't change. And you need to let go of your identification with your frustration with it. Because oftentimes um, when we're when we're frustrated with something again and again and again, it's because we have a habit of on some subtle level enjoying the feeling of kind of torturing ourselves through that rather than just looking at it and saying, Well, I can't change the situation, so let's let's see how we can how I can let that attachment go. You know, it's like in life, people can get upset that, 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 uh, situations change or that people die. Well, that's a reality of life. And if it's, if it's a pattern that is constantly troubling to you, you need to find a way to resolve that. How can you do that? You can meditate on it. You can ask your, you can turn within after you meditate and you can ask yourself, what do I need to do to resolve this? And oftentimes that will be enough where you can feel it within your body. You can ask, what do I need to do to resolve this? Maybe after a few days or even several months of meditating upon it, you have the aha moment. Oh, you know, I just need to let that go. Uh, Or maybe a plan develops and you recognize, this is how I can address that. Or if that doesn't work, you need to talk to a counselor or someone else who can, someone wiser than you, who can help you see the difficulty and, and what you might need to do to rise above it. But you have to do that, and that is part of this idea of penance or tapas. It is one-third of the definition of Kriya Yoga practice. Um Yukteswar emphasizes it. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is emphasized. In the Yoga Sutras, it is emphasized. So clearly, it is an important uh, thing. So keep that in mind. And if you do have some time today, when we get done... Go sit somewhere quiet where you're alone and kind of reflect upon your life and ask yourself, how can I use this knowledge and what 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 do I need to do in order to practice tapas, this equanimity, this even-mindedness? What do I need to do to find that, to experience that? And then journal about it. Write out some steps you can take. And if you don't know what to do, maybe the first step to take is to do some research on what to do. Um, or you give it up to the infinite, to your idea, your 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 way of understanding God and, and ask for guidance and support and then be open and receptive to it. We have to remember our Kriya Yoga practice is not just sitting there and meditating all the time. It is It is how we engage with life. It is how we interact with life. It is how we communicate with life in order to have a healthy marriage or a healthy friendship or a healthy relationship, you have to communicate with your partners as you change and as you grow. That's what makes friendships, marriages, loves last long longer, as long as they can. And we know that when things get stale, when we stop talking to other people, when we stop listening to ourselves and others, relationships tend to fall apart. Well, the same thing is true with your relationship to the wholeness of life, to the wholeness of, of the infinite. And so this is my way of trying to encourage you uh, to get back into um, that relationship. Um, So keep that in mind, that by contemplation on friendship, friendship with others, friendship with yourself, friendship with the, the changing phenomena of life, that this provides spiritual strength. And that by practicing friendship, which requires you to develop equanimity, even-mindedness, peace amidst the changes of life, that that is 33.33333 and so on percent of what it means to practice Kriya Yoga. So if you're not doing that, you're missing out on a third. (laughs) You're missing out on a third of, of what is available to you because that in itself will make your meditations deeper will allow you to experience um, greater support in your, your day-to-day life, allow you to navigate um, the infinite, as uh, Mr. Davis would say. You know, He would always ask, how do you want to live your immortal life? How do you want to live your immortal life? And we want to live our immortal life dynamically, engaged, alive. So, with that, let's meditate together. This episode of the Kriya Yoga podcast was made possible by donations from Kriya Yoga apprenticeship students and supporters of our Patreon community at www.patreon.com forward slash Kriya Yoga.